This is Shack Talk, presented by Eskimo Ice Fishing Gear and hosted by Kyle Agri and Anthony Kleinwachter. Turn up your speakers, grab your gear, and hit the ice with us as we talk ice fishing. Come on in and grab a bucket. We are talking ice fishing. Kyle Agri and Anthony Kleinwachter here. We are your hosts, and this is Shack Talk ice fishing podcast we are back and very excited to be back for season six of shack talk anthony this is going to be your third season exciting times isn't it i mean if you're even remotely paying attention to the outdoor world ice fishing the whole nine yards it is a very exciting time to be involved can you believe this is your third year already kicking off with shack talk no, I can't. I, I really think, uh, you know, looking back at the past two seasons, um, even just looking back to last season, we had such a great lineup of guests and topics. And I'm really just looking forward to kind of rolling with that momentum and keeping things going. I know we've got a lot of things to talk about and, you know, with everything else that's going on in the world and things that are always changing, um, I'm sure more topics will come to mind. And I know we'll reach out to uh, the listeners as well to get their ideas and feedback, and that's something we want to talk about. But, yeah, just really excited to share a lot with a lot of people and selfishly just uh, looking forward to talking to some guests and, you know, soaking in some of their info as well. Without a doubt. I'll tell you what. I look back, Anthony, and uh, last year was, in my mind, when we completed last season, I thought that was the top of the mountain. I mean, we had some just absolutely stellar guests, some incredible conversation. And folks, if you're new to Shack Talk, go back and listen to those prior year's episodes, especially as we were saying last year. There were there were a number of episodes that just stick in my mind as quality conversation, but great information from some incredible expert guests. Absolutely. We, you know, not that we didn't focus on ice fishing, but we focused on some topics, you know, and got maybe off the little bit of the ice fishing uh, conversation and down to some uh, other guests talking about their specialties and what they're really known for. And I think that kind of just opened the door for a lot of great conversation and, you know, talked about different ways to prepare game and fish and, you know, how people's interests vary from, from person to person and what they like to do out on the ice. So it was really fun. Lots of great conversation. I would completely agree. And and like I said, go back and listen if you haven't. Or if you haven't, you, you had one from last year that you really liked. They're out there. They're available. Go back and, and listen again. Uh, I find myself kind of meandering through some of those different episodes from prior years. And, and every once in a while, click on one of them and just refresh my mind from that conversation we had at that point in time. And, you know, speaking of our listeners, Anthony, we have some just absolutely fantastic support from our listeners, from our followers, from those who, who follow along with Shack Talk. And thank you to all of you who are faithful listeners, those of you who have followed along through the years. It is great hearing from you. It's great knowing you're out there. It is great knowing that you are as excited about the sport as we are. But we've also had some some new folks too, Anthony. I know it. I hear it all the time. You know, new folks are coming on. They they just found Shack Talk. They're new to ice fishing. They're new to the outdoors. And to all of those folks, welcome aboard. We are glad to have you. It's exciting that you're listening in, and and we just love talking 
talking ice fishing. That is just what we do, and we love it. Uh, maybe for some of those folks, Anthony, we can just give a little quick introduction of ourselves. Just maybe take a minute or two and and tell everybody about who you are when you're not sitting behind the mic here at Shack Talk, and and just uh, fill them in, get them a chance to get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree. We've got a lot of great listeners and. For the new listeners, I think podcasts, you know, they've really starting to come on and, you know, we hope that we can just provide some content to the listeners and make it educational, get a little bit of info and really provide another outlet. I know myself, I, I find a podcast that I like and I'll end up going back and binging a bunch of episodes or, you know, picking through some of the topics that I really like. And so we really hope that as the listeners, you guys will do that as well. As for who, who I am and Kyle, uh, I know he can attest to the same. I'm, I'm really just a guy who loves to ice fish. I love the outdoors. Um, I've been in the Minnesota, North Dakota region. I currently live in Fargo now, but ever since I was probably old enough to walk, I've been involved in the outdoors and, you know, some of my earliest memories as a child were fishing off the dock and have had the bug ever since, um, really gotten into, ice fishing and running and gunning and doing all of that stuff, you know, the gear and everything makes it a lot more, uh, more comfortable and enjoyable out there. So we really appreciate the advancements in technology. I, you know, started ice fishing, sitting on a bucket, jigging a jig rod with a, you know, clip on bobber. So, I mean, things have come a long way since then, but yeah, with uh, Kyle and myself, I'm, you know, proud to be part of the Eskimo staff and, you know, I've also been able and had the opportunity to work with the Fish Addictions TV crew. Um, we've traveled around the ice belt, fishing a lot of different bodies of water, putting a lot of this equipment and new gear to the test. So, you know, I feel like we've had an opportunity to kind of vet some of this stuff out and, you know, provide some valuable feedback to people. And I'll admit, I'm still learning as I go and, you know, appreciate uh, having good conversations with people getting their feedback and, you know, it, it adjusts how we think and how we do things on the ice. So really just looking forward to some great conversation and Kyle, I know you can share the same, but uh, what would you uh, share for the listeners that are maybe new to Shack Talk? You know, uh, Anthony, just, just hearing your kind of introduction there, I, I check, check, check with so many of those things on my list and my life story, uh, having grown up in the outdoors uh, I'm a Minnesota kid, grew up in South Central Minnesota, came up here to the Fargo-Moorhead community uh, to attend college, met my wife, and I have not left. And really, truly, when you look at the upper Midwest, the Ice Belt, so fortunate to be able to live within a pretty easy drive of some absolutely incredible destinations. And and just thinking back in my life and all of those places I've been and things I've experienced and and of course, there's more on the list too, right? There's always there's always more to do, but what a what a just absolute treasure to be able to live in this part of the world. I have found, as you have too, Anthony. I think you you mentioned you know your involvement with fish addictions and and some of the other opportunities you've taken advantage of, and and I look at at what you know the broader scope of what I do in the outdoors and ice fishing is a huge huge part of that. I do co-host Gone Outdoors Radio airs in Sioux Falls and in Fargo weekly year-round. And so that's really given me an opportunity to, to, to learn, continue to learn as we go. And I, I look at myself as an educator to those in the outdoors and want to facilitate sharing that information. But I'm also a learner and I'm still learning as we go. And, and this podcast and the radio show has 
been a great opportunity to have some really incredible expert guests who are willing to share their knowledge as well. So lots of fun ahead. I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we definitely get to uh, tailor what the listeners may want to hear to selfish, selfishly what we may want to learn as well. So we definitely have that opportunity. And, you know, we love getting the feedback from uh, our listeners on what they want to hear. Um, so definitely keep those uh, coming our way because we're definitely willing to to reach out to if it's a new new person or new personality in ice fishing or, you know, a new technique or new technology, um, we're definitely eager to uh, jump on that opportunity and, and have a conversation about it. Speaking of that, Anthony, you know, uh, last week we threw out a just a post on the Eskimo Ice Fishing Gear Facebook page, which some great followers to that page as well. Just, just it's always fun to watch the dialogue and conversation there. But we threw a post out just kind of announcing we're going to start the season here and kick things off soon and and just ask folks for their feedback and, and ideas and thoughts on what they wanted to hear. And as always, it, th- you did not disappoint. Absolutely fantastic ideas, fantastic suggestions on things, some things that we maybe already had in our lineup or, or plans for our lineup when we met and, and kind of uh, brainstormed what this season might look like and a few things that we hadn't heard, you know, really come up with yet as well. So really um, thank you for all of the the suggestions and ideas and uh, whether it was there on that Facebook post or those of you who've sent messages to us or reached out, you know, personally, we, we appreciate it all. Absolutely. Nothing's off topic. I mean, we, we talk about anything from, you know, like I mentioned, different guests and personalities to, you know, species specific content, uh, gear, tips, tricks. Um, I know last season we really dove into a lot of the different species. Um, Each of our episodes last year had a, had a segment um, based around a specific species. So if you're Again, new to the podcast, and there's something that interests you, go back and have a listen to that one specifically, because I know I learned a lot, and I'm sure sure you'll pick up something from that as well. Yeah, what a what a great, great wealth of information uh, that, that series brought to us. Anthony, I'm just going to read a couple of these to you, because some of these ideas are great. Uh, Philip Gordon, he, he commented, he goes, what about shack food? Meals, uh, meals you can make out on an ice, in your hub shack, in your portable shack. Kudos to that, because that's a great idea. Who doesn't plan food when you go out on the ice as part of that whole excursion experience? Yeah, just because you're going ice fishing doesn't mean you need to eat granolas, granola bars and sandwiches all day. Um, I know both of us on our time out on the ice, we've had the opportunity to pack along a portable grill or even just you can do a lot with just even a a buddy heater or you know one of the cooker style heaters and warming up some food there's there's something about a warm meal out on the ice that just kind of re-energizes you for the rest of the day yeah and you know creativity is is unlimited when it comes to that is that that one I really loved I I loved hearing that Uh, I love Bill Proctor's comment about um Wanting some content about the Dakotas and maybe further out west, maybe some content on trout. And so there's some promise. That's a neat, interesting topic that I think we could expand on a little bit. Pop-up accessories. This was Steve Bishop. He said pop-up accessories and tricks and tips for a better experience. Uh, He mentioned just as an example some of the foam interlocking pads on the floor if you're going to spend time and, and to prevent some of that melt and, and even if you're going to be doing some of the ice camping, 
great, great idea and, and definitely something we want to talk on this season and hear more about. Tip-up rigs, Jeremiah Adele, tip-up rigs and baits. You know, that's a tip-up fishing is as old as ice fishing itself, truly. I mean, there's that is a whole art form. And, and so just all of these comments were great. All of them are fantastic. Those are just a couple of the, the ones that caught my eye, Anthony. But uh, love hearing all those suggestions. Yeah, and even like you mentioned, tip-ups, as old as they come. But, you know, last season... Um, I had the opportunity to use the the vulture system, which is a electronic system that you hook to your tip ups and it sends a signal back to a receiver that you can wear. And boy, did that really open my eyes to some of the things we might've been missing out in the past. We did a, a, a late season pike episode up on Lake of the woods and we left our tip ups out overnight and I caught a 40 inch pike at nine 30 at night in the dark. And, you know, it's something you wouldn't really, typically think of or even focus on um it just gave us the opportunity to keep the lines in the water and put another you know one of those trophy class fish on top of the ice so yeah we're happy to share those stories and you know that's something new that i learned last year that you know i'm sure we'll probably try and integrate into the to the show at some point this season and i know you talked about the dakotas and trout out west uh I may have made a little uh, fishing trip out to Fort Peck this summer, and I'm really looking forward to getting back there on the ice. Um, we were we had planned to get out there last year, but the ice conditions didn't allow, and we had to make a trip out there this summer. And I'm really hoping that the ice fishing lives up to the hype um, that we uh, experienced out there this summer. Anthony, any other trips that you made this summer? Maybe any other trips or destinations you're looking forward to once we get ice come this winter? Yeah, I, I spent a lot of the summer um, to share with the listeners. It was uh, my first season with a new boat, so I spent a lot of time getting to learn the ins and outs of that, but also, you know, spending more time graphing lakes, uh, mapping lakes out, um, working with some of the the technology there, um, using getting a little bit more acquainted with my live scope um, and spending some time with that. But I spent a lot of time fishing, you know, just kind of locally. Um, obviously, made that trip out west and up to Lake of the Woods. Um, but I'm really just looking forward to fishing some new lakes again this winter. Uh, last season, I kind of set a goal for myself to fish a bunch of new lakes, and I ended up fishing over 10 new lakes, um, some of them with more success than others. Some of them were, were some trial and error, but, you know, that's really what it's all about. We found a, found a few gems and had a really good time doing that, so really looking forward to, to that as well. How about you? You know, we had, um, we had a great summer. I Hate to see summer go, but, you know, this, this really the silver lining when summer decides it's time to, to depart and go on its way is that ice fishing is just a little bit closer. We had a great summer. My wife and I bought a seasonal cabin in Ottertail County. So that was kind of new for us that we uh, um, purchased that about halfway through the year, through the summer. And so we had a, had a few months to kind of familiarize ourselves, spend some time down there and really kind of uh, settle on into that, which was great. I will say that just uh, a week ago, Scott Brewer and I made a trip up to Pine Falls, Manitoba. And of course, we have not been able to go see our friends in Canada for the last two years. And I'll tell you what, what an awesome time we had to just get back up there to see our friends, to see some of those places that just are near and dear to our heart. And, uh, and of course, the chance to set the hook on some greenbacks. Boy, oh boy, was that that an awesome feeling. 
Uh, and so looking ahead to this winter, I think there's going to be a, a, at least a couple of trips back up to Big Windy as long as they keep that border open and, and do that. And, and, you know, Anthony, that's, I mean, just that whole crossing the border experience now post post COVID that they've opened it up again. Not that, not that the pandemic is, is completely behind us, but just being able to travel again, that's a, that's a topic for a whole uh, discussion on one of our podcasts here that we had talked about. So Looking forward very much to to our discussions. And and for those of you listening too, if you have other ideas, don't think that now that the season has started, we gave you a chance to give commentary on that one uh, social media post that that's it. As you know, Anthony, you and I, we write out an outline for the year, but it's really kind of a flexible outline. And how many times have we said, oh, guess what? I just... I just came up with a new topic or I heard someone talk about something really exciting and we, we juggle things around and, and make sure we can get that in. So reach out anytime, send us a message. We love to hear it. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm looking forward to getting back to Canada. You know, we've got uh, things kind of opening back up, getting back to normal again. We got ice shows coming up again this year. So that'll be a, you know, fun topic that we get to dive into. Um, I'm just really looking forward to to getting back out on the ice. Um, I know we're starting the podcast a little bit earlier this year, just because I know that as with you and I, I'm sure there's a lot of people getting the itch for ice fishing. It seems like every year, just like everything else, you know, the, the Halloween decorations come out in August, the Christmas decorations are probably already hitting the shelves. So, um, you know, I think the ice fishing bug, uh, kind of just pesters and, and bothers people a little bit more than it used to. And people are antsy to just get out on the ice. A lot of people like myself have put the boat away and, you know, got a little bit of hunting to do, but that's a, a short, short time period between, uh, putting the boat away and getting out on the ice for me. That's for sure. You got to make sure you got some of those pepper sticks for your ice fishing outings, right? Uh, have that venison in the freezer. So absolutely. Speaking of ice shows and kind of a, a return to somewhat normal conditions here after a year and a half of uh, definitely abnormal type of, of conditions. Uh, you're right. There's a lot of excitement in the air. There's a lot of buzz about ice fishing and we're going to have some of those ice shows. We're going to take a little, um, just, a, just a break here. But we're going to return with a good friend of ours, Tony Aloya. He's going to be talking a little bit about what we can expect this year as we go into ice show season, what that might look like, what uh, what folks can expect. And I, I Anthony, I'm looking forward. That's going to be a real good conversation. Absolutely. Lots of new gear, new, new things out there that I'm looking forward to talking about and, you know, making sure that I've got that uh, shopping list and Christmas list all, uh, all ready to go before we get to ice show season. Awesome. Folks, we're going to take just a quick pause here and uh, we'll be right back talking ice shows for the 2021-22 season with Tony Aloya. Thanks for sticking around guys. As you, uh, as you know, we've, uh, talked about in the last segment, we're going to bring on another industry insider, a good friend of ours, fellow ice fishing nut, um, somebody that we've had on the podcast in the, in the past, but, um, I'd like to welcome to this segment, Tony Aloya, uh, Tony, welcome to Shack Talk. Great to be here guys. It's getting to be that time of year again. It's getting cold. 
Absolutely. Before we get into things, Tony, um, maybe for the new listeners or maybe somebody that maybe missed when you were on previously, maybe just give yourself a little introduction, um, you know, what you do in the industry and we'll kind of dive into things from there. Sure. I, well, I work, I work in a variety of capacities in the industry um, and have for about the last 10 or 11 years now uh, with a handful of manufacturers as well as uh, with, a, with the several different projects. And I believe primarily today we're going to be talking about the Fargo Ice Fishing Show, which I am fortunate enough to be a part of running. So we're coming into, uh, well, it depends if you count last year or not, but technically uh, the fourth year of the show, and we're really excited to uh, be talking uh, ice, ice season again. Absolutely. Thanks for 2021 are uh, looking up um, things last year were kind of a little crazy with the pandemic and things uh, maybe not going in the right direction, but from a, from an industry standpoint or, you know, a brand or a manufacturing standpoint, we saw actually some positives come from the pandemic. What did you see? And, you know, how do you think that'll kind of impact things moving forward? Well, I think what we saw, we saw, a combination of almost like a perfect storm in terms of participation and demand within the industry. I think we saw a lot of new people try their hand at the, at the sport, not just ice fishing, but also fishing and just in general over the past, you know, 18 or 19 months now looking at ways to spend more time outside and, and um, you know, find safe activities that they can enjoy. And I think, once people got outside, uh, I think everybody realized that it's pretty awesome to be outside and pretty awesome to be on the lake and pretty awesome to be on the ice. So I think we've seen uh, increased demand from a variety of uh, standpoints, but certainly from a, a new participant standpoint, as well as um, I, I think a lot of people who are, are had spent previously more time in the outdoors have had the time to go back and, and kind of reconnect with outdoor activity. So it's been awesome in general. Uh, it's been, it's put certainly strains on, on the industry in a lot of ways, which I think we're going to talk about and, and on retailers as well, but there has certainly been uh, an influx of demand and it's great to see. And I'm sure you guys are the same way where you've had, colleagues and friends and family reach out who are either getting into it or getting back in, into the sport and, and uh, just asking for some advice and, and just kind of some how-to stuff. So it's great to see that because I haven't seen anything like that in in years. So You know, problems are problems, right? And, and when you're in the business working as an insider, you're always looking at those challenges as ways to, um, you know, solve the problem and, and get the customer what they want. But gosh, if you're going to have a problem, what a can you think of a better problem to have than to have too many people being involved in this sport? And I mean, demand's going up, participation's going up. My gosh, even if even if half, right, just even a percentage of those people who have tried ice fishing or any of the outdoor sports stick with it long term, you just think what that does to just to the whole I mean, everything about it. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. There it is. It's it's one of those things where um, it, it is, it, it's a good thing. It's a great thing that's come from this. It drives innovation. It drives the, the demand uh, puts, you know, more resources on behalf of these companies because, you know, they're selling lots of products so they can put that into developing new products. And, and uh, yeah, it is, it's for the industry. You hate to, you hate to say it's good because obviously everybody's been through you know, a lot of uh, turmoil we all have as a, as a world in the last 18 months, but for our industry, um, 
it's really kind of bolstered things and, and put a spotlight on it. Absolutely. I know, you know, we've talked a little bit about some of the, the challenges with retailers and different things, but you know, it's really exciting to see the 2021 season coming along things. Uh, I think everybody's just a little, got a little extra anticipation this year with wanting to get out on the ice what can we expect um, as far as, you know, what to expect when you're going to a retailer and even what to expect now for the 2021 ice shows coming up? Well, I think it depends on what aspect you're looking at. If you're talking purely in, in terms of product, um, you know, I think there's a lot of great new products that have come out this year, and I think that's driven a lot of excitement as well. Um, but from, from a what to expect from a retailer and an ice show standpoint, um, you know, I think, I think consumers have increasingly moved toward the mindset that if they see something that they might be planning on purchasing rather than waiting for it, maybe to go on sale down the road because demand is somewhat strained and, and, uh, or demand is high and supply is somewhat strained, you know, um, you, you might want to consider just buying it because it might not be there when you go back a day or two or three days later, or even a month later. So I think from a, from a logistics standpoint, I think everybody's read about all the struggles, you know, getting, getting parts and pieces and products and finished goods transported. I mean, there's labor shortages, there's container shortages, there's uh, supply shortages. We, we know there's computer chip shortages if you've tried to buy a vehicle. So there's raw goods uh, shortages that are going into building those computer chips. So I think it's, I think it's one of those things where, a consumer kind of needs to have their purchases planned out and, and maybe when those products do become available, you know, be ready to, to make that purchase. If, if, if you decide that it's something that you truly do want, you know, and I think that mindset shift is definitely there, but I look at, I look at pre pandemic and, and what were the really cool things about the ice shows and, when we talk about ice shows, we might be talking about some of the big ones like the Fargo Ice Show or the St. Paul Ice Show. We could be talking about local and regional in-store events that a, that a particular retailer might be having, places where that customer can connect. This is where I, I think the benefit really was, connect with the experts, connect with the folks that are there representing the product lines, connect with the product itself and be able to, to hold it in their hands and and, and really even, you know, looking at the bigger picture, compare throughout the industry, compare retailers, compare products to truly see who is the best. Uh, we've had a really huge influx, like we said, of people to the industry, to the sport. And a lot of those folks have had to rely on YouTube or they've had to rely on their network of friends and family. There's going to be a great opportunity for them to be able to get back and, and really see the benefits of doing it in person. Yeah, I, I, I certainly agree with that. I think I think retailers and manufacturers are preparing for shows and preparing for de that demand and making sure that there's product there. So I think those things are kind of going to take care of themselves as best they can. But the best part about everybody getting back together again is just that we're all going to be back together again and chatting and, and sharing ideas and listening to seminars. Um, I think all of those things, being able to ask the questions uh, to the to the manufacturers themselves or, or share an idea with the manufacturers themselves. And I think also being able to compare all the different products in one area, if you know you're in the market for something particular, if you're going to be, be in the market for electronics or an underwater camera or a shelter or an auger, you know, to be able to kind of visit each of the manufacturers and hear what they have to say and, 
and then make the best decision based on uh, what your needs are as a consumer and as an ice angler. It, it, it's something that you just can't replicate. It, it really, the only place you get that is at a show. So let's, and, and that is the benefit of the show. There's no question about it. What has our last 18 months done to where the shows will, will kind of be this year? Do you anticipate seeing any restrictions? Do you anticipate seeing uh, crowd limiters, things like that? Or do you think it's going to be kind of business as usual? Well, so I think there's several indicators that we can look at for that. You know, I think first you look at what's going on on a larger scale, you know, in society, things like the NFL and college football and, and large events are being held again and, and they're being held in safe ways. Um, so I think it, for the most part, it'll be business as usual. usual. I, I think you have to check, you know, kind of with the particular show. I, I think some of that's going to be mandated by local restrictions perhaps or guidelines. I mean, I know all of the show, the shows that are out there, the promoters, you know, work within their, their local, uh, you know, health departments and things like that. And the venue that they're working with to come up with those plans. So I don't know that there's necessarily a one size fits all answer, but I think it's going to feel pretty, pretty normal if, if I had a crystal ball. Yeah. And I think for anybody listening, you know, if that is a concern, you know, what kind of insight could you provide on maybe, you know, coming at a certain time where maybe the crowds are a little bit limited or, you know, planning their trip, if that's something that's a concern? Yeah, I think there's, you know, we, we've gotten used to some of these, you know, ways of, you know, protecting yourself. And it's certainly individualized by, by the person. Everybody's got a different set of risk factors or, you know, a grandparent that they live with or a child who, who you know, uh, maybe at risk. So I think everybody's kind of gotten used to setting their own parameters for what that looks like. Um, but yeah, I, I do think you kind of pick some of the slower times. I mean, usually, you know, a weekend show, the busiest day is going to be Saturday from, you know, show open until middle, middle afternoon. Um, and also, you know, the first day a show opens typically, you know, there's usually a pretty good influx. So if you pick generally the hours from what we've seen, you know, traffic wise a little bit later in the day, um, I think that uh, that tends to kind of thin thin the crowds out. People like to get there, get their product, get home. And, and I think a lot of people have that mindset. Well, you know, that sometimes makes a little bit lighter traffic in those in those later hours of the shows each day. So I think there are definitely ways to to pick. And, you know, certainly people can do take whatever measures they want, uh, you know, from a personal standpoint to protect themselves if they decide to wear you know, a mask or anything like that, that would certainly be, you know, up to them and certainly encourage people to, uh, you know, do whatever they are comfortable with and, and assess, you know, what their, uh, what their risk threshold is. You definitely want to be safe. So. What is Tony, what's the sentiment in the industry as a show promoter that you're hearing? Are, are retailers just itching to get back and talk to customers? Is there hesitation? What's, what's the feel there? Uh, I haven't really heard any hesitation per se. I think what, to be very candid, what I'm hearing is a lot of very hardworking, very tired individuals who have been very, very busy uh, for the last 18 months, certainly uh, trying to take care of all those customers that we're talking about who are spending a, a higher percentage of their time 
uh, out in out on the lakes or or in the woods, and they're they're trying to make sure that their shelves are filled and and they're keeping in stock. So and and they're also dealing with you know different you know different uh, issues you know with staffing and things like that. So I think the the sentiment, the very candid sentiment that I've heard is everybody is running hard and they're ready for the season to come and they are certainly very excited to kind of get back in front of uh you know the crowds and be answering these questions uh that people have and 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 showcasing the different products that they offer and uh but everybody seems uh you know excited to be back and at the same time you know there there's excitement just just to see everybody again and and get to you know shake hands and and catch up with long lost friends in a lot of ways because this you guys know this industry is that way there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are in this industry that their entire social network is in this industry and it's it's tight knit and we we fish together and we hunt together and we work together and everybody's excited to see those friends that in some cases you know there's people that I see normally every couple months. Um, and, and I haven't seen them in almost two years and they're friends and we chat on the phone and Kylie, you and I had this experience recently. There's nothing better than seeing a long lost friend and we got to catch up and how cool was that? We're normally seeing each other regularly and, uh, you know, it's just the opportunity hasn't been there because everything's been so, you know, kind of, uh, broken up the last couple of years. So I think everybody's very excited. I think you're right. Everybody's very excited, and and there is a lot to be said about whether you're going to an ice show with your own fishing buddies, whether you're there because you know somebody in the industry or you're there just to to get information. It's just that opportunity to interact with people uh, that we've been so missing over the last couple of years is you just appreciate every opportunity you get. Definitely. There's always the other fun unspoken about uh hidden uh, fun part that it seems like all my friends and I have whenever we go to a show and that's what, what guy in our group can we get to buy something really expensive that they don't actually need? That's always a fun part of a show, isn't it? You know, you kind of know going in, like we're going to get that guy to buy a Benelli today or something like that. And uh, yeah, that's, that's always a fun one. There's all those underlying show, uh, you know, fun things that happen that you don't even think about when you get there it's it's game on so just be careful with the don't need title right the don't need label because we can justify just about anything when it comes to these shows and i might be a little guilty of being that guy a time or two in my life the need is very very subjective i would agree what i need and what my wife thinks i need might be two different things at any given point in time Absolutely. Absolutely. For somebody that hasn't been to a show or maybe even somebody that has before, one of the things that I really am interested in when going to an ice show is maybe seeing some of the smaller retailers, some of the people that are maybe a little bit, you know, niche or mom and pop style, you know, whether it's a tackle company or, you know, somebody that creates these accessories or products um, for the ice fishing industry, you know, those, some of those businesses, they, they spend a lot of their time, you know, behind the scenes. And this is an opportunity with an ice show for them to get their product out in front of people and, you know, get people to get their hands on it. What are, you know, what are you, your expectations for some of those, you know, maybe smaller companies or brands um, coming into the ice show season? Well, I think you, so, so fortunately we're in the era, uh, era of the internet where, you know, those companies have some opportunities to still move some product. Cause otherwise something, a lot of those companies, they, they go to shows and that's what they do. And 
and a, a period like we've been in could be devastating. So I know um, from from what I've heard so far, I haven't heard of any companies that have been at our show in the past that just didn't make it through. Everybody seemed to be doing well. Unfortunately, demands have been strong, but the shows are so important to those companies for sure. And, and those companies are so important to the show because, you know, frankly, a lot of the other things, the bigger companies, you can go to several stores probably in your local town and see those uh, types of products or some of them, maybe not all of them, but you know, the chance to interact with some of these small mom and pop companies and garage shops and these companies that have these really awesome ideas or awesome products um, that, that they're literally making on their own and the shows are their platform to offer them. So it's really exciting um, to be able to do that. And also resorts, you know, that's another thing. Let's make sure that uh, we are supporting our resorts. I can tell you a lot of the U S resorts have been doing very well, but in talking to uh, some of my uh, friends and, and colleagues across the border with the border being closed for so long, I, I don't know. I think some of the Canadian resorts could really use some bookings and some help. So I think those are some of the the awesome people that you get to talk to at shows, the smaller, the smaller vendors, the resorts, and, and those, those businesses definitely need to be supported as well. Absolutely. What, um, transitioning a little bit off of the show, what are, what are you kind of looking forward to this year as a, you know, Canadian destination on your, your travel list this year? Or I know Kyle and I talked a little bit about that in the first segment that we're both kind of itching. Kyle selfish, selfishly was able to make it up there already, but. Yeah, well, that's that's a very popular subject. Number one, I'm looking forward to just getting getting back on some trips that are annual trips that have always been that haven't been the last uh, season or two. So uh, certainly can't wait to get up to Lake Winnipeg and chase those greenbacks. That's something that I get to do a couple times a year. It's something that I greatly look forward to. Um, as well as not just chasing the greenbacks, but seeing, you know, friends up there that I haven't seen in a couple of years, like, like we're talking about. So um, I, I think visiting some of those, those destination areas that, um, you know, Canada is certainly so blessed with uh, in terms of just amazing fisheries. I can't wait to get up there. I would love, there's a couple, there's a couple other bucket list places that I'd love to hit this year. Not all of them are across the border. I'd love to see Cascades uh well Cusco's on my bucket list i have not I, I, i've met brian i have not gotten up there to fish at Wilcusco. that is one that's on the list and uh certainly uh a bunch of them that you know would be nice but there's only so much time to go around what about you guys what's your bucket list trips yeah i know for me we talked a little bit about it and our first segment was you know i made it out to fort peck open water this year and you know really had a great time out there and so i'm really really hopeful and anticipating getting out there on the ice this year. Obviously uh, weather conditions last year didn't allow for that, but uh, definitely targeting that. And obviously would love to get back up across the, the Canadian border and get up North and, you know, again, visit some of the friends up there and some of the amazing fisheries up there. So those are kind of two on my radar. Hopefully there's, there's more, but we always know that the, the list is so long, but the, the reality is maybe a little bit shorter. The days off are only so long, right? Right that's what makes it special, right? When you know you have limited time and you can go to some place that's going to create memories. And, you know, like Anthony, you said, just, I had the opportunity to be back up in Manitoba a couple of weeks ago and, you know, it didn't satisfy my appetite for greenbacks. It just um, actually 
refreshed it. And so there'll be some trips there and I'm hoping to hook, set the hook on a lake trout this year, whether that be uh, Manitoba, someplace here in the States. Uh, that's one of the things on my bucket list. For those of us who are listening to Shack Talk and maybe uh, just aren't familiar with ice show season, ice season is uh, ice show season is typically that time before we get out on the ice when we're looking and shopping and, and getting ready for the season. Early December, late November is typical time frame for ice shows. Tony, just looking at the one you're involved with there, the Fargo Ice Fishing Show. I know you've you've got your dates picked and you've, you've got some fun things happen that are different this year. Uh, tell us a little bit about that one. We do. Uh, we've almost, not quite, but almost doubled the size of the show. We've added another ice surface within the venue. So our show is December 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Shields Arena. And uh, if you've been to that show, it'll be everything that you've seen in the past, but there'll be another ice arena that is right inside the venue. So we've maximized our space within that venue, and it's going to be focused on uh, hard-sided and wheelhouse displays. So we're going to have uh, quite a few... Uh, units indoors that you can come and walk through and tour and the dealers will be there uh, on hand uh, to let you know all about them so well that's fantastic you guys done a great job with that show it's kind of fun to watch it how it's growing and now after of course we've all missed a year it'll be fun to see it back again Uh, but for those who are listening throughout the region uh, throughout the ice fishing world there's there's other shows there's other options we're looking at uh, a couple others. We've got Winnipeg. We have an ice show there November 6th and 7th at the Red River Expo up in Winnipeg, Manitoba. We have the Dakota Ice Institute, uh, and that one is down in Sioux Falls. That event is the 11th to the 14th of November. We have the St. Paul Ice Show December 3rd to the 5th in the St. Paul River Center. Uh, so really, depending on where you are, where you live, and, and where you make your home, there are options to be able to get out and in, enjoy what those shows have to offer. Uh, and certainly that's not even including some of our, our retailers who have individual in-store events promoting sales and, and certain opportunities that they offer. Tis the season, right? It's it's the time to get out and, and make those purchases and start learning more about the, the things we're going to bring out on the ice this year. Yeah, definitely. It definitely is, and I think everybody's excited to be back at it. It's crazy to think that uh, ice show season is here, and I don't have my like wish list put together yet. So I'm gonna have to start working on that because, you know, once you get to the show season, you gotta get those items that you need on the list and make sure that you're ready to go for the season. Any uh, anything, Tony, on your list that you're looking to to purchase this year? Any any big ticket items or anything that you're looking to add to the arsenal? don't ask me that one you're gonna get me in trouble uh you're gonna get me in trouble with my wife i can't announce that one on on air uh there's a lot but uh they'll they'll find their way in the garage right the subject they'll find their way in the garage accordingly yeah absolutely i know myself um you know last year was kind of my first year running the live scope that was pretty fun so for anybody looking to you know get that out on the ice. I know there's a lot of new options as far as electronics with the, you know, live, live site with hummingbird and the, what is it? Lawrence live with their technology. So a lot of different changes going on in the ice world and getting into the ice bundles. Uh, definitely a lot of exciting things coming out. And I'm, I'm just as excited for all the little stuff too, the, the little accessories and trinkets and, you know, specialty tackle that you can't get at some of those stores. Those are definitely the things on my, uh, my want list and not a need list. Remember your wife is listening. Ah, she doesn't listen too often. So. 
by this point in the podcast, she'll have you know something else have come up, or the kids will have distracted her, so she'll probably be probably be distracted with something else. So hopefully, I'm in the clear. Uh, you know what my my need list, and I'm going to call it a need list because uh, it is right. We are going to have our need list. It's not subjective, but uh, I can't wait for that outbreak 850. Uh, I thought the outbreak 650 was a great shack with a lot of room. The 850 is going to be phenomenal. And uh, when you talk about bringing kids in, and of course I have, I have a grandson now that's going to be old enough to go out on the ice. So that is going to be really fun this year and give him plenty of room to run around in. And we're, uh, we're going to have a great time. I can't wait. Who would have thought the 650 could have a big brother, right? Yeah, no, no doubt. That's uh that's a good thing. There's going to be a lot of people looking at those and uh, a lot of people just, you think about, you know, in, getting on a little tangent, but you think about the explosion of ice fishing, ice camping got to be such a big deal. And in the 650 is a great shack for that. But imagine what those folks are going to be able to do with the space that they have in the 850, uh, more room. So you're not just talking room for one cot. You, you probably can put three or four of them in there. Um, yeah, that's going to be fun to see when, when people are doing that too. Yeah, it, it's, it is. And, and ice camping has because that's a whole nother podcast that's become so popular, but yeah, it's neat to see the manufacturers making more and more different products for that application because man, it, people, people have gotten into that and it's fun to watch that they actually, that category in itself has spurred a lot of other product ideas. I feel like so. Yep. Awesome. Well, Tony, thanks, uh, you know, for joining us. If somebody is interested in, you know, learning more about the Fargo ice show or what, you know, what that entails, or maybe they're interested in, you know, getting tickets or maybe even becoming a vendor at the show, what's the easiest way for them to, to find you guys and, and get a hold of you? Certainly two easiest ways would be just on Facebook at Fargo ice show. Uh, it, it'll come up very readily at that at that uh, handle, and then also at the uh, website, which is FargoIceFishingShow.com. All the information will be there. We keep now now that we're coming into getting closer to the show, we're putting regular up, uh, updates on the website. Tickets will be available and all those things, so we're starting to, starting to get close now. Awesome. Well, thanks again for your time. Um, you know, everyone that's listening, thanks again for, for joining us on this kickoff episode of Shack Talk Ice Fishing Podcast. Uh, thanks to Eskimo for, again, giving us the opportunity to speak to you on this platform and selfishly, you know, have some of these great guests online and, you know, be able to talk to them and get more information. So until next time, stay safe out there, get on on the ice and enjoy some ice fishing. 